Welcome to Meeting the Frisbee Family, presented by the Ultimate Life Podcast. Hello everyone. So, in these times of coronaviruses and cancelled tournaments, I hope you are staying safe. Me, myself, today I did an interview with a good friend of mine from France, Pierre. That you can listen to in a few minutes here. I would like to take the moment to uh, thanks for all the good feedback we're receiving for our latest episode of the Ultimate Life podcast. And hope that uh, many of you email us your stories uh, about how you met someone through Frisbee. The Ultimate Life podcast at gmail.com. And now, have you ever been to France? I have. Before I went there, I always heard that the French, they don't speak English, and if you don't speak French, they won't be very nice to you. But I took my chances, and I went there. I was invited for a tournament down in south of France, called Keep Your Mustache, uh, where I went with my friend Alex Varnot. And I gotta say, I fell in love with France. It might have to do with the cheese and the parties, but then again, I think not, because the French, I like them. They are very strong, independent, intelligent people. Maybe a little bit heavy on the wine side, but who am I to judge them? Out of all the French I know, there's one, this one guy, Pierre. He's always smiling, he's always there for you, and he always listens to what you have to say no matter who you are. And I like that. So I decided that this was the time to make this interview with him. I hope you enjoy it and uh, let's uh, go into it. So I am in Kungsholmen in Stockholm uh, at one of my podcast colleagues Miles' offices uh, with a good friend of mine. Can you introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm uh, Pierre Lemerle, a French uh, guy living in Sweden, in Stockholm. So I'm a bit curious about French Ultimate, uh, both about the French Federation uh, and uh, also about your own history in France, like which club did you come from? Can you tell us uh, something about that? Sure. Uh, about French Ultimate. Uh to what I know, Ultimate started there very early, like in 70s, uh, with some students from uh, USA just playing some pickup games in Paris. And I think the first club was created in Paris, hot, and it was in, uh, I think, 81, so soon 40 years ago. And uh, quickly after that, the French Federation was uh, founded, I think 82 or 83. So actually very long time ago, and it has been... I mean, it has been growing every year since then. So I think they reached 1,000 members, maybe around 2,000. And then uh, and then it, it has been a big increase, especially on the last five years, I would say, because 2014-15, we were stuck below 3,000 members for quite some seasons. And then now we are, we are very close to 6,000 members, uh, I think 5,600 or something. So... It's been a big increase. We got in uh, 2012, we received the official uh, approbation from the French government as a sport federation. And that was a big, uh, 
a big blocker before that gets removed. So it helped us to to start playing frisbee in the schools a lot and to get lots of juniors and then lots of juniors results. Then we even get to organize World Beach Championship in Royan. So all of that made Ultimate uh, uh, popular, maybe not yet, but at least way bigger in France than it was when I started. Very, very cool. It's in, uh, impressive how uh, how big you have grown. I didn't know that it was that mem- many okay. members. Actually. Yeah, it's 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 impressive for me now. I've been used to that all my life, but now that I can compare with Swedish Ultimate, I'm obviously very impressed with uh, what they did in France. Uh, when I started, so 12 years ago, I think most of the people I would say Ultimate Frisbee, they obviously didn't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but now in France, I would say maybe half of the person, if not more, I met. Maybe they don't like it, maybe they haven't played, but they definitely know what Ultimate Frisbee is, which is uh, not the case everywhere, obviously. So it's a, it's a big success. Yeah, yeah, really, really. And your own history? Like, where did you, did you start? Yes, so my own history, I started uh, in my home city, which is called Clermont-Ferrand. Uh, basically, uh, my sister and my friends uh, discovered Ultimate Frisbee during some beach event. Uh, and then they decided they get all in about it and they decided that we all need to play that. I was a, I was a swimmer at that time and I was very not excited by the idea of playing Frisbee. So I was probably, yeah, I was not very listening to my sister when she put the idea but then all my friends starting to go started to go so i just decided to follow them but then as soon as i did the first practice i think i fell in love with the sport i like that it was uh, it was actually very quick lots of dynamic and you could play it uh, in a very competitive way which really fits to my mindset so i think quickly after my first practice then i didn't miss a single practice then we get to do some tournaments and then we even saw the fun atmosphere the i guess best side that's really what uh, seduced us at the beginning that we could party a lot and we could meet so many people quickly after that we get opportunity to travel a lot which was which was also something that i really liked so uh i think two years later 2010 uh, that's when i got picked for the french uh, under 23 national team Uh, and I think that's when I really decided to, I mean, make a career, I guess we can say in Ultimate Frisbee and really train uh, on a professional way. So trying every day to do some gym, do tracks a lot uh, and throw a lot. Uh, so two years after I uh, joined, uh, I switched club and I joined Is No Good in Paris. So most of the weekends I was traveling from my home city to Paris to train with the team. And I spent uh, five years there where we get to one nationals in 2014 and uh, played in Leco for the World Club Championship. So that was the the biggest success of our yeah. project because that's what we were aiming for. Well, what did you end up with? Which place in? 32. 32. We finished 32 out of 48, yeah. which uh, I know at that time most of the my teammates were a bit uh, unhappy with that. But uh, then they practiced a lot. They played four years later in Cincinnati and they ended up 32 again. (laughs) So I guess it brings perspective. I mean, worlds are very, very competitive. So obviously, I mean, that that was not our best competition and we failed in a a pre-quarter against uh, Imo. 
West Midlands Open, which uh, which was a team we beat on Universe most of the time we met them on the season, and this time they beat us, I think, by two. So obviously that's very disappointing. But when you have 48 teams, you know, one game can make a difference between 12 places at the end. So we were 32, but with this game, we would be top 20. So like, that's how it is. Yeah. We So uh, I also know uh, that... You also played out, of course, you play outside now, uh, France, because you're living in Sweden. But I also know that you've been in Canada, right? Yes, and, exactly. And, and played. And uh, I want to know more about that and also mm -hmm. hear uh, about your experience and uh, with playing in Sweden. And you also played with Russian teams, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. so so the di difference forgot. between all the all uh -huh. those uh, kind of uh, teams. Mm -hmm. But start off with Canada. Like, sure. why, why did you decide to go there and wh what did you play? And yeah, I guess I guess that's the next uh, episode of my story. Then after I joined Is No Good for five years, I wanted to take the next step on my career. And I knew that... Uh, in order to take the to take this next step i mean i wanted to try to play for the iudl because that's the biggest stage we can play on uh, i was uh, 27 years old maybe at that time and that's like when you're supposed to be at the top of your career so that was close to be the good time obviously uh, french national team has always been the most important for me through my career so it was no question to miss a single event or season with the national team so i had to wait for worlds 2016 to be over which i did and right after world 2016 that was the good time for me to start uh, this new project. So it was very stressful because I had to give up so many things, all my friends, finally my home city, um, my teams, the national team as well, my job. Uh, so I was very stressed, and uh, but all my friends were very supportive and they were always the ones that were pushing me, always telling me like when they would watch the highlight or the tryout video and they were like, but Pierre, I mean, that's a shame you're not doing that because you're doing the same thing here, so you should just go and play. So they pushed me to do that. I moved to Montreal and I spent six months in Montreal uh, practicing and training with the Royal team and at the time I did also several tries out because I wanted to have uh, to give the most chances and as I like to travel that was also a really good opportunity to travel to different teams to see different things so I went to Toronto for the tryout I also went to Pittsburgh and I went to Ottawa and then uh, I made it to Pittsburgh Ottawa and uh, Montreal and then uh, after then more tryout and then uh, lastly I had to make a decision And I decided to leave and play with Ottawa. Uh, yeah, that's a long story. But uh, that was very interesting for me to move in a new city. I knew I'm, I'm going to spend there a single season. So now that I've been living six months in Montreal, I was very excited to live six months in a new city and to play with a new team. And on top of that, it was an English-speaking city. So that was also the first move to an English-speaking place, which I knew could help me later on in my life and on my career. Yeah, because Montreal was French-speaking. Exactly. Ah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say Canadian French-speaking. <laughs> yeah. I had to adjust a lot. But uh, but yeah, I like the way I build that really step by step. So then I moved to Ottawa, 100% English life, learning a lot and uh, playing with uh, Outlaws for the 2017 season. It went really well. I learned a lot. I traveled through all the East Coast in the United States. I played uh, 11 games out of 14. So 
more than I would expect. I got uh, MVP of an IUDL game in May. So that was, that is, and will always be, I guess, the highlight of my career this time. So I really enjoyed it. And then at the end of that, I decided to play the club season which was a bit of a bonus at the time. So we played with Phoenix uh, Ottawa and we made it, uh, we got bronze medal at Canadian Nationals, which was the, like, yeah, the cherry on the cake, I guess, of a big season. And after uh, after a year in uh, Canada, I moved back to Europe. Uh, and that's when I moved back to Sweden instead of <laughs> moving was, back yeah. to France. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that later because uh, one of the reasons you moved here was because you met someone. <laughs> yes, exact. <laughs> you know, this is ultimate frisbee uh, that changed my whole life, definitely. So uh, I met uh, Nadia through frisbee uh, shortly before moving to Canada. So, you know, when I said that I had to sacrifice a lot, that really was the case. And plan was not to start a relationship at all at that time, but uh, somehow that happened. And uh, I think we learned a lot through this year being a long distance relationship, staying in touch. She visited me a lot in Montreal, in Ottawa. So I was very lucky with that. I got opportunity to come to Sweden a couple of times. And uh, then we decided that uh, instead of moving, moving back to France and then planning a trip to Sweden, it would be actually easier to get the opportunity now that I moved away to just go all in and get back to Stockholm. So I uh, I started to look for a job being already in Canada and I was lucky that uh, I worked in IT. So I got lots of opportunity and signed even a contract while being in Canada. Oh. So that made my move to Stockholm quite more safe. I was, yeah, that was easier than the one to Canada. Yeah. Moving to Stockholm felt very easy regarding this first move to Canada. So that's how I ended up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really want to hear, like, uh, how is the North American scene, like, compared to what you, uh, was it, mm -hmm. your friends told you, like, you're doing this in France and uh, you should do this uh, there. Was it the same thing? Or is, is it like we imagine that Frisbee is bigger there and, uh, like... I think, um, I, I always tend to say that Frisbee is way bigger. There is no doubt, but the level is not that much higher in terms of like individual level. I think the best players in Europe are definitely can be same level than the best players in North America. The difference is that those players, maybe we are 100 players in Europe of that level. And in just in Canada, just in Montreal, there were same number, 100 players, like the same number of good play, really good players in Europe. There's as many good, really good players in Montreal. So that was the big difference. Uh, when you go to practice in Montreal and even more in Ottawa, I would say, because there are even more players in Ottawa, then they are, all the players are really good. And uh, that's very challenging because I was myself, I think, more or less at the same level. But in Europe, basically, in my club or even now in Stockholm, if I have a lazy practice, I still can play good and I will not get scored on every point and I still ca can play decent. But then in Ottawa, in Montreal, that was really new for me and frustrating sometimes because if I was only, let's say, 95%, I would be right away the worst, but like the worst player of the practice, the one that gets scored all the time, never get the disc. So that was the thing. If I would be 100%, sometimes I would have a good day and I could be the best player on the practice, like I when I got MVP in IUDL. Yeah. So I could really go from being the best on the team to the worst one, which is something that cannot happen in, in Europe because there are too many different level of players within yeah. a team. That's 
really uh, like cool. I, I would like to have the chance to go there as well, but <laughs> you know, for me now it's too late. I should have done it when I was young. Other Swedish players, of course, did it. We had uh, Joel Högberg and Niklas Taylor going overseas and, exactly. uh, and playing. So I think Niklas it's a great uh, experience if you get the chance. You should. Um, and now you're in Sweden. Uh, c- c- can you tell us a little about like how uh, how you see the Swedish community compared to like French community and uh, the North American community? Like, are there what what because you're involved with our community now and uh, you're working with it? I know, I know that you're very very uh, involved with it. So tell us what do you want to do mm-hmm. with the Swedish community and how do you see it? <laughs> I didn't want to do anything special, to be honest, when I moved back and I knew that that was in terms of Frisbee pre-retirement. But uh, I love Frisbee and I wish to be involved all my life within the sport. So, of course, I want to be involved here and I like to transmit. I like to keep on developing if I can. So, um, so of course, now here I am in Sweden and I'm again part of Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, it's It's hard to say... It's totally different, obviously. What what makes it more challenging here um, than in France and probably even in Canada is that it's really it's really cold on the winter. So the seasons are very short, maybe six months, because I would not consider the indoor season as a proper ultimate frisbee season. Far from that. So because of that, also the other challenge is that even on the summer, it's very difficult within Stockholm at least to get proper. Uh, fields. It's really hard to have decent uh, practice time during the weekdays, on the evenings. It's usually very late, very expensive. Uh, that's a big difference because in France, all those things are uh, supported by the government and it's totally free for the club to get uh, to get frisbee or soccer fields, no matter what. So that makes it very challenging uh, here in Stockholm. We have to work out a lot more to keep a community or even a club together. That takes a lot of uh, energy to do that because we don't have regular practice where players can just show up and then you keep the club together. I guess another thing that I noticed here is that uh, the um, the people are very competitive. I think the the Swedish players are very competitive. It's fantastic for me because I'm very competitive. That's what I like and I really enjoy playing with and against them. They are very competitive players and that's all great. But that being said, uh, then it's really hard for non-competitive players to find uh, their own place, I think, within Ultimate. Because I have a bit the feeling that, uh, for example, if we speak about nationals in France, when you play Frisbee, you're going to play nationals. And of course, even if you started one year ago, even if you have no chance, you're going to show up and play nationals. There will be 160 to 170 teams playing nationals in France. There are divisions. So, you know, winning is only for three or four teams, like is no good check and maybe Friselis. But in Sweden, I have the feeling that you go to nationals for getting gold. Like if you're not a really good team, there's no point in considering even going. So you play nationals with like five, six teams, and they are all very good. Like, you will have only really hard games, and uh, any of the team can get the gold most of the time. So that's uh, that's a very totally different mindset, which has a very good value, and of course is uh, should also learn from the recreational aspect, I guess. 
so yeah, I guess here again, like nationals, it's a lot of nationals, but uh, it's not so many um, fun tournaments. Probably for the same reason, because again, it's expensive to have fields. It's hard to to set. So there are very few tournaments. I, I am still new in Sweden, but I don't know. I'm aware about five or six tournaments within the year. But in France, definitely you have tournaments every single weekend, usually two or three tournaments. So if you like Frisbee, if you want to play Frisbee, you will play every weekend, which I was doing and I was enjoying it. So it's uh, it's different. As we mentioned before, uh, you're a father now. Like, uh, is it harder to find the time to practice as much and as hard? Like, do you feel that um, because I still consider you a, you a good player, a great player, but uh, what do you think yourself? It's is it? Do you practice less now, and can you feel that you are not as good player as you mm-hmm. used to be? You're older as well, of course, yeah, but yeah, exactly. But you're more experienced. That's a that's a really good question. Uh, That's obviously much more challenging. And even myself, I'm not disappointed because I was aware of that when I moved back from my UDL. That was like end of my... I said I wanted to play and practice in a professional way and I really did it. I was... I mean, I spent six years, let's say from 2012 to 2018, I was really practicing 15 to 20 hours a week. So that was really close to professional investment and I knew that when I moved back to Sweden that was a new life that I'm going to start and it was no question to train that hard and that much so I I was aware of that having kids was uh, was natural and didn't change it that much but obviously I I'm training way less uh, I made it uh, and I decided to play for the Swedish national team so I really feel Uh, the need and I don't know I it's really something I hate with myself I have hard time to do something in not a very competitive manner so especially on a team sport you know I really want I mean I have this feeling I want to be the best that's that's probably helped me on my life but that's also a big responsibility because of that then lately I've been again practicing a lot of course not as much as before but I managed to train let's say eight to nine hours so the difference now that I have kids is that if I'm get to practice only eight to nine hours a week I cannot get a single lazy moment so sometimes I know that I stuck, stuck on practice I can get a bit frustrated because we're going to talk about drills or we're going to have like water breaks and you know in my situation of being a full-time employee having three kids having a water break is not something I can allow so I really need like to make the best of the of the time when I go to the gym I put on my sneakers I run on the mat non-stop and as soon as I'm done with the mat I go and lift weights and like there's really no time off on my practices so by doing so I managed to I managed to to be in shape actually last season. I was really happy. I think my first season 2018 took some adaptation adjustment and I had a really rough season. That was my, the birth of my first daughter. Yeah. But then uh, last year, surprisingly, I had a really good season. I was very happy with Portimao. I played really good beach championship and I played also very good in Gio. So that pushed me to play for the national team. That's how I realized, oh, actually, as you say, now I have experience. Now I'm playing more as a handler. My technique after playing in the UDL on those big fields get uh, get very good, actually. So I can rely on different skills. 
and I feel like I can bring value to the team, which is the, the main point. If I cannot bring value to the team, I'm not going to do that. But as I realized last year that I can really help team, then I, of course I'm happy to do that. Uh, so it's hard to say I'm, I'm a totally different player than I was five years ago. That's the thing. Five years ago, I was a cutter. I was super quick. I run the 100 meters in 11.52 seconds and I was catching everything. Now there's no way I can run in this <laughs> speed. I'm probably not even, a, a, I don't know, probably <laughs> not even able to do it below 12 seconds anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's really different, but I have a better experience. I think I'm a, bot, I'm a bit more calmer than I was before. I was more D-line player. Now I can play some good uh, offensive uh, points. So I'm a, I'm a different player. I, yeah, I don't know. My best season, I, if you ask me, was 2015. I think that's really when I played my very best season. I was really good in Dubai and had really good Copenhagen. So that was the top. So now, yeah, now I'm holding on as long as I can, but... Uh, yeah, still feels good to be to be on the field and to do some good plays. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, listening to this. I'm a little bit uh, curious about uh, because last year you played in the French national team, and this year you are playing with the Swedish national team. So, what made you do the decision to try out for the Swedish national team this year? Was it a uh, generation shift in the French ultimate team, and that made you like look for other options or? Uh, why? <laughs> I think uh, what you mentioned earlier is the key answer. I have uh, two daughters now, and they are the, the main reason. Playing for the French national team, because again, I really, I don't like to play for a team if I cannot be 100% with that team. Last year, I played with the French national team, which means during two months on the winter, every two weeks, I was flying to France and then taking the train to a city in the middle of nowhere in France. And that was all Friday. Then I would play Saturday, Sunday and do it back on the Monday. So that was two days off every two weeks. Plus you can imagine the financial price of all of that. So I realized that this year, that's not something I want to do because it's too much of a sacrifice for Nadia and for yeah, my daughters. Yeah. They cannot see me. Uh, we cannot go in vacation because this money went to playing with the French national team. So I simply decided that I could not do it anymore. That was the, the only decision. Then playing for the Swedish national team was a separate decisions. Then I would say Nadia pushed me to do that. I really felt French and I, I wasn't sure that's something I should do. But then uh, I think now I realized something uh, because now, of course, I'm French, but you know, you see things different when you live in different countries. So I always played in a French national team, being very proud of that. And I think that's something I got from my environment. My parents were so proud of me playing for the national team. So I have the feeling that, you know, if I would sum up, I played for the French national team to make my parents proud. And now I'm playing for the Swedish national team to hopefully make my daughter proud later on because they, they are Swedish girls. They will be raised in Sweden. So hopefully, you know, one day, if I tell them, oh, daddy played for the French national team, they will not care much. <laughs> but if, you know, we tell yeah, them, yeah. oh, I played for the Swedish national team, then that will be something, hopefully, that they will be more proud about. I'm, I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Henry. And, and your parents, have they, like, excluded you now from the family <laughs> since you, <laughs> you were playing for the Swedes? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> you haven't told them, maybe. <laughs> 
no, my, my parents told me that they would support me no matter what I oh, I decided. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, I, I think as of now, they are planning to travel to Netherlands and to still be on the sideline for Worlds. Mm. So yeah, they, they are fine with that. Yeah, cool, <laughs> cool. I only got a few more questions. Um, can you tell us about uh, your best moment in frisbee? Frisbee, you told uh, us about uh, that MVP game, but uh, do you, is it is there anything else, or is that the moment uh, your best frisbee moment? That's very hard to say because there are a lot. There are so I know. so many. So no, I think this moment I told you was very individual and personal. My best moments are collective moments. That's you cannot compare. Like when all the team, or sometimes even the fans, like when a big amount of persons are happy. So I guess uh, probably getting bronze medal uh, at Copenhagen for the European uh, National Club Championship was the, not club, sorry, National Championship mm -hmm. was the highlight because that was the first, uh, at that time, that was the first uh, international medal for a French national team. That was a very competitive championship. So... That was, I mean, that was huge. Like we yeah. really enjoyed it. The the celebration was fantastic. We really worked hard for making it happen. We were doing lots of camps. We even added some camp by ourselves players to really be competitive. And uh, so getting this bronze medal was, was probably, I think the biggest thing we achieved and what I guess we enjoyed the most. But yeah, I could obviously mention the, the French national title with is no good in 2014. That's that's the other big things that happened. That's something we were chasing for four years. So yeah, that was big. That's yeah. the two biggest things. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, both are impressive. So, <laughs> um, so uh, can you? Uh, Your world champion. Come on. <laughs> I know. You but, did but, more but, than that. <laughs> Yeah, that was a very long time ago, <laughs> but uh, and uh, that's also not my actually not my favorite moment ever. Okay, uh, it was actually a national level, but yeah, of course it's up there. But you know, but I know where my like where I really felt like this is the best moment ever. Okay, yeah, I won't tell you now. I can tell you later. Sure. <laughs> anyway, um, so the best tournament. Uh, I would like to hear like. Do you have any tournaments in France that you would uh, like to recommend to people to go to? And uh, in general, like tournaments in general, but anything. Okay. In France, I mean, that's hard because uh, actually the tournament stopped last year, but there was a very small tournament in the south of France that my team and I, we were going every year and we loved it there. That was the Jungle Tour. Uh -huh. And that was really like, let's, let's say it, low-level tournament, but very, very... Uh, recreational with big parties, even being indoor with maybe 20, 25 teams. So every season in January, we would go and play that tournament and we had lots of fun there. Uh, sadly, the, the guy that was in charge uh, retired last year and then the tournament stopped. So now uh, there are a couple of really good tournaments. Yes, but no. Uh, in Nantes is, is a very ancient and really good tournament, competitive as well. Uh, Fogasa, another beach tournament, is often really good. I think that's the two I would mention. I don't think we have a very competitive outdoor tournament. It, it, it doesn't have to be competitive. I was at uh, Keep Your Masters in uh, Strasbourg. Okay, I never did it, actually. Yeah, so I really liked it. It, okay. was, yeah, it was a really good tournament. Okay. So I can recommend that in France. That's okay. the only, only okay. French tournament I've been to. So. That's, that's a good one. You know better. I like, I mean, Open the Tour and then was an 
outdoor, very good tournament because it was two divisions and a very great atmosphere. We would party really hard. Mm. I remember some crazy parties there. So yeah, they, I mean, there are a lot of tournaments yeah, in France, yeah, yeah. as I, I, I told you. <laughs> you can just decide on the weekend and then you'll find somewhere to play. Yeah, I think Dala has to go there sometime. Yeah, you, you would definitely have fun. And uh, I think that's what I like in France. That's really like, if you go to a tournament, no matter which one, you're going to have beginners players and you're going to have some very competitive players. Most of those players, they still attend like players from Czech, from Is No Good. They still attend like tournaments and like they're just partying and they don't mind having fun and like sharing with the community. So that's that's something I, I really like. And I think that really helps Ultimate to be such a special community. It's probably the only sport where national team players still get to play some games against or with some beginners. Mm. So <laughs> I think that's uh, that's something I loved and you can really see that in the tournaments in France. And in general, uh, like, is there any tournament uh, like that you would like to recommend people to go to, like in the world? <laughs> It's that's, hard. <laughs> that's not going to sound very original, but uh, Windmill is fantastic because it's, I think, I think Windmill is unbeatable because they do everything that I value for a tournament. It's cheap. It's uh, very, very competitive. They have huge parties and entertainment is fantastic. And they do it in a fantastic location in Amsterdam. So I think, you know, when I check a tournament, okay, where is the place? How competitive is it? How fun is it? How cheap it is? It's like they do everything. So, I mean, it's it's not original, but you cannot beat that, I no, guess. No, no, no. It's, it's a good answer. I will <laughs> agree with you all the way. Uh, and lastly, what... Uh, would you like to say to all your fans or friends maybe <laughs> out there you can you can uh, do both English and maybe say say something in French to your, all your homeboys and homegirls <laughs> <laughs> sure why not in Swedish <laughs> oh, and Swedish <laughs> no, I better not and too. Russian maybe <laughs> no so uh, keep on playing ultimate I guess that's what I can say now most of my friends are my age you know they are entering masters and they are starting to to have families or to think about being retired. Uh, so yeah, I guess what I would like to say is now it's time to see Ultimate on a different way, being involved in the coaching, being involved into transmitting to others. And uh, Ultimate doesn't need to be only competitive. Like I think now is a good time for all of us uh, to start being involved in Ultimate and just play it for fun. So keep on playing with me and uh, let's travel together to some new tournaments. Yeah. That's nice. And en français? En français? Euh, bon, les gars, faut pas se mettre à la retraite maintenant. J'ai plein de projets pour vous. On va aller à Boracay. On va aller au Layout. On va aller à tous les tournois beach du monde. Ça va être dingue. Suivez-moi et économisez de la thune. I have no idea what you said, but it sounds so... It was, I love your language. <laughs> it was a bit of a slang, so you don't need to understand no, no, no. that. Thank you for doing this interview. I know you have a busy schedule, so thank you very much, man. <laughs> Thanks, Henrik. That was very nice to talk to you. <laughs> Same. Thank you for listening. This podcast was produced by the Dala Hests Frisbee Club in collaboration with Avis and Communication. If you want to contact us, please do so by either sending an email to theultimatelifepodcast at gmail.com or interacting with us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. 
Just search for The Ultimate Life Podcast.